I'm loving this. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to this edition of Morgan You Asked For Podcast, NCAA Tournament Edition. Special guest Zach Tremel is joining Trevor and I tonight. So there is three of us on here tonight. So three different opinions and ideas and discussion points. So it should be an exciting one here tonight. Um, we are Tuesday night and on TV right now, I've got uh, Japan beating USA 3-1, to one, bottom of the 7th. Uh, with one out, and Otani is up to bat right now for Japan. So kind of a big uh, spot right here for, for USA Baseball. And, you know, we don't talk a ton about baseball, and baseball is kind of uh, down the list a little bit, but this uh, World Baseball Classic has been great for the fans and for the people. The, the players love playing in it. So there's a lot of questions about people getting hurt and everything, but I think the players – and the fans like it, so it will obviously keep happening. Trev, where are you at? How is Denver for the games, and, and how are you doing overall? Good. Uh, in Buffalo, Wyoming tonight, so kind of up north, about an hour from the Montana border, going to be going up to Great Falls tomorrow for the water show. And the games in Denver are really good. Obviously, Gonzaga and, and Grand Canyon um, – that one was okay for a while. Grand Canyon to take a lead, but obviously Gonzaga came back and was able to get the victory there. The, the really the good game of the night was TCU Arizona State with a back and forth battle, and then TCU getting that little floater there with just a couple seconds left to to win the game. But got to see a final, pretty much a full court shot go off for Arizona State. It's kind of hoping it'd go in because I think it'd be cool to to see one of those in person. But regardless, a really good game in Denver. Awesome. I uh, want to welcome Zach Trimmel. Uh, he's not, this isn't his first time on the podcast. He's been on for, for several episodes, but uh, welcome him back. Um, how are you doing to, today, uh, Zach? And just a, a couple thoughts here. Yeah, doing good. Uh, obviously, I, you know, I've listened to you guys and this is a, a fun time of year. Obviously we've got, you know, March Madness. And again, we had some electric games and uh, some huge storylines that I'm sure we'll get into. And uh it's just a good time of year because when this ends, you you know, we roll right into the Masters. And then that means, you know, summer's getting close and it's almost time to golf again. Yeah, and for you and me, uh, golf uh, started yesterday for our, our golf teams. And for, for the first time in several years, the weather's actually been good outside actually being able to play. Yeah, you know, I drove by Sunday and we still had a little bit of snow on the uh, course. But by Monday, you know, it was off. It's a little soggy and in windy, but yeah, like you said, it's better than in the past where we've dealt with snow still on the ground, rain, and uh, it's just typical spring in Iowa. You never know what you're going to get. Absolutely. All right, let's go ahead and get to it. Uh, main storylines of the NCAA tournament. Um, I'm going to start uh, with the second ever uh, 16 seed over a one, uh, Fairleigh Dickinson uh, over Purdue. Purdue was one of the first teams 
that many people had to lose, one of the highest seeds to lose quickly. Uh, people were not, you know, highly, they were not highly thought of. Matt Painter in the tournament has not done well, and he just showed again why, why he has great teams in the regular season, but just for some reason this tournament is not for him. I think it's his roster setup. Um, he always has a big guy, and the guards are questionable. And in the NCAA tournament, it is all about guard play. And that's just unfortunate the way it is. Big guys don't matter as much in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he he's a good coach, uh, obviously, and he does have the big guy, but guards are going to win. You know, you, I would have thought he would have had enough to get by Farley Dickinson, but Again, Purdue's not a team that's going to go out and blow your doors off either. They they win a lot of close games, and, you know, you get in the NCAA tournament, uh, he just can't win those, and it ultimately is going to take some some good guards. I mean, he had an elite guard last year, though, too, and uh, that didn't get the job done either. So I don't know what the situation is with Purdue because, they you know, they're one of the best Big Ten teams, and they just can't get it done when it comes to the NCAA tournament. No, I saw a thing there where there's three or four coaches that, you know, they beat him and uh, obviously they get a new job. And so, you know, obviously with the coach there being for my 35 Truro um, and then very quick happening, he uh, is going to Iona and uh, replacing uh, Rick Patino. So he parlayed that into a better job. I heard a rumor today that he was making $40,000 at uh, FDU and I'm sure a few hundred thousand dollars at Iona, I would guess. So good, good uh, pay, uh, race for him and you know he wins at Iona and he's just going to get another step up where is uh fairly Dickinson even located Hackensack New York uh some okay. I, I heard it was um like halfway between Syracuse and Albany so upstate New York and then I Iona's down closer to New York City and New York as well we wanted to get you and Zach's opinion on this while we're seeing you know Virginia went down to we're seeing more of the top seeds lose is it is it because the talent field is a little bit more a level playing field, I should say, with talent across college basketball, or is it another part where these young kids aren't intimidated by the by the number one and two and three seeds anymore? It's not young kids. Um, I would guess that team from FDU is very old, and um, that was Purdue's issue was their guards are all freshmen. So you got 23-year-olds, 24-year-olds, 25-year-olds playing 19-year-olds. Um, that's the issue. Like you, you look at uh, Connor uh, McCaffrey and Philip Robracha for Iowa. They were both twenty-five years old. That's that's the difference. And if you get those with some, you know, those younger uh, teams, and then you get a young team like Purdue. Obviously, they're not all young, but their guards are young. Um, they uh, they make it really hard for them. So it's Drake is a is a very, um, you know, experienced team. So some of these teams and with the COVID year, which that's going to be ending here in a couple of years, but you can get 23, 24, 25 year olds uh, playing college basketball. Yeah, I know uh, Drake's older than there was like three NBA teams that Drake was older than, which is, yeah. is crazy. But no, to, to Trevor's point, that's kind of my big takeaway. Like what he said, I just don't think, you know, our blue bloods aren't really blue bloods anymore. I think you can just change so fast. Like UConn's becoming one of the elites. Um, I mean, we don't have North Carolina, Kansas, Duke, Kentucky. They're just 
I don't know. They're not the same as what they were. I think, you know, they can get that elite talent for one year, but they don't stick around. And it's just, uh, you know, it's a different world now. You know, a new, another team can be great next year. All you got to do, I mean, look at Iowa State, how fast they turned it around. It's just, uh, it's crazy. It's a new world we're in. And it's, I think we're going to see some surprising champions in basketball over the next 10 years. Yeah. People do forget and because you kind of forget about them, but there's, five to 10 guys every year now that don't even go to college. They go to that G league ignite and you know, you don't hear about them, but they're not going to, they would be the guys that would go to Kansas and Duke and North Carolina and Kentucky for one year. And they're not right now. Cause they're able to make several hundred thousand dollars. So, and then with the NIL deals, you know, you know, they might be able, I've heard Creighton is paying a lot of guys, a lot of money. Uh, they've got lots of money over there at Creighton and they can pay one or two guys a lot of money that might end up at Duke or North Carolina. So that's the other thing is NIL is having a play in this as well. Yeah, it's just a different world we're in. And uh, I don't know, there's some ups and downs to it, but it's going to make for an exciting uh, NCAA tournament every year. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, just continuing on that, we've got a 15 seed Princeton in the Sweet 16. Second straight year, a 15 seed uh, has gotten this far. Obviously, last year with St. Peter's went to the Elite Eight. This year with Princeton, you know, Princeton's not only a, a small school, it's an Ivy League school. So those kids aren't just, you're not walking into Princeton, no matter how good a basketball player you are. Those are, are special kids and, and have some special uh, grade requirements and, and uh, just requirements for them to be in school there and just enjoying their time and and loving every minute of it and that's what makes this NCAA tournament great you know Kansas lost in the second round a little bit of an asterisk by them Bill Self hasn't coached them for two weeks I do think that comes into play now whether that is a win or loss I don't know but that does come into play Bill Self is one of the best in-game coaches in college basketball I would say he's the best coach in college basketball right now in my opinion, and then one of the best in-game coaches overall. Yeah, that definitely didn't help. I mean, you're defending national champions. He he is one of the, you know, top three or four. I, th- I mean, I think you could throw Tom Izzo in there if you want to talk mm-hmm. about good coaches. But, yeah, when you don't have your your guy and you lose a one-point game, I mean, there's there's going to be a lot of second guessing on what went on there. And uh, But it is what it is. Arkansas has – loads of talent though they i think they have three nba players on that team so wasn't a complete shock but uh you know they were young and loaded with talent but you still thought kansas you know being three and a half hours away probably could have got through there with bill self yeah you you would have thought so but yeah again arkansas is a team that has tons of nba talent coach has been in the nba i was listening to i don't remember what podcast it was but you know he takes advantage, Eric Musselman, the coach of Arkansas, takes advantage of mismatches better than anybody. And that comes from his NBA days. Um, that's what the NBA does. They're not going to just, they don't have just better players up and down the roster like a lot, but they're going to pick out one guy and find your mismatch and just take advantage of it over and over. And if you don't change, it's going to happen. And that's what he did against Kansas. And Norm Roberts, their coach, was not able to, to uh, fix it and change it, and uh, that's how Arkansas moves on. But, again, you also have dudes. Again, just like uh, you know, Kansas State's coach said against Kentucky, we've got better dudes than Kentucky does this year. And that's a team that uh, he's a first-year coach. 
um, that went out and got players, however they got them, NIL, him recruiting, whatever, it doesn't matter. He got them, and, and they were better than Kentucky this year. That goes to show how much I know about uh, Arkansas having three NBA players, like Zach said, potentially. I thought Kansas had an easy road, uh, as we talked about on the previous podcast, about the preview of March Madness. So um, it, it's good to have Zach on here because, obviously, my basketball knowledge is, is very limited. <laughs> hey, I had him winning the national title again, so I wasn't completely uh, correct in this. But, uh, yeah, Arkansas, and they had been they had had some losses and stuff, but they were ranked in the top 10 earlier this year, I believe. So it's not a complete shock that they're there. Yeah, I think they had the, you know, first or second recruiting class this year. I mean, they brought in just loads of talent. I just don't like, they're so inconsistent. I mean, they they had the talent to win it right now, but they could easily get beat in the next round. So, I mean, we'll just, we'll see how it shakes out. That's going to be a good game. UConn and Arkansas. UConn, obviously, Iowa State played earlier in the year. Uh, in, in the PK Classic there in the championship game and, and kind of put it to Iowa State. And there are a lot of people saying right there that UConn could win the whole thing. Well, they didn't play great in the Big East, but yet here they are playing maybe their best basketball of the year, and now there's people picking UConn to win it all. So Yeah, who, I mean, so who knows? They're probably one of the top two or three picks. I mean, they're a hot pick. A lot of people are talking about them, so – um yeah i mean it wouldn't surprise me I, it's it's almost impossible to pick now with 16 teams left on who's gonna win it but we'll find out yeah and then you know um obviously with princeton beating arizona that's kind of a, a big thing but i actually think one of the biggest upsets is, is marquette losing in that second round um marquette was a was kind of a a pick to go a long ways won the big east Played really well. Shaka Smart, you know, he's one of those guys that I think Matt Painter helped get him, get him a, a better job. He left VCU for Texas after VCU beat Purdue in the tournament. Um, and he turned Marquette around, and they're playing really well and on fire, win the Big East by a lot, beat Xavier, everything, and then they, they shockingly lose. I just, you know, college basketball's – and this tournament is great. It, this this tournament, and we've talked about this before on this podcast, Trev, this tournament does not give you the best team. If you want the best team, you don't do it this way. But it gives you one heck of a tournament and, and fun, fun, fun. Yeah, I mean, if it was up to me, would I change anything about it? Probably not, because I, I love all the upsets, and it's what makes those, those days so great. I mean, honestly, yeah, if you wanted to find the best champion in college basketball, I'll let Zach kind of speak to this, but you could have a – a tournament of 16 or 32 teams. And I don't know if you could do a best of three, but that's not going to be as exciting. That's going to take away from all the drama that this, uh, that March Madness causes. Yeah. If you, if you did all these in a little, you know, sets of three, you'd have no upsets or, or very few. You'd have one or two upsets. You wouldn't have, um, you know, Iowa State's probably not going to shoot 26% next game. You know, you could use them as an example, and they're not even a, a huge extreme example. That's 6 11. Um, but I don't care how good Pitt is or how bad it is. Um, Iowa State's probably just not going to shoot 26% again. You know, Pr Princeton's not going to win. You know, FDU's not going to lose, not going to beat Purdue two out of three times. It's just not going to happen. But the one time they did, they they played, and they won. Yeah, I think you could play this tournament. You could redo it ten times. You'd have a different champion every single time. Yeah. I mean, that's just how this thing rolls. Uh 
yeah, if you want to get the best, you're playing a best out of seven and bringing in maybe the top eight teams or something. But we have that in the NBA, and that's everybody agrees the NBA playoffs don't hold a candle to March Madness. I mean, it's the greatest three weeks there is for basketball, in my opinion. Now, now here's a question for you guys. I've heard some people talk about about you know like the women's tournament where their first few rounds are at home and then they go to neutral sites to get better crowds and stuff. And they're saying, well, maybe the men should do that as well. Now, Des Moines is a place that sells it out. Uh, Zach and I were in Des Moines all weekend, and it was a zoo, absolute zoo. And it sold out every game, one of the highest prices of all the games that were. Trevor, you can give us how full was Denver and everything. How full was Denver at, at the games you were at? It, it seemed pretty full to me, and yeah. tickets were tickets were pretty damn expensive. We sat in the lower section. Uh, but kind of off to the side. I know I sent you a few pictures for mm-hmm. Todd to look at, but uh, if I had to spend that on my my own dime, I wouldn't have done it. I was lucky enough to take customers, but tickets were were pricey, and uh, the stadium was pretty pretty full from what I could tell. Okay, well that that's good, and I'm glad that is the case. But there, you know, there's been some talk. Well, maybe the men's teams should should start. You know, the first four seeds host. That also would change this. FDU is not going to go into Mackey Arena in Purdue and beat them, even in one time. I don't think um, the neutral sites are what what help the upsets. With you know, Zach's been there. Zach watched UAB beat Iowa State. That crowd was cheering for UAB just because they didn't. Not that they were UAB fans, but they're just like pick the underdog. The underdog was playing well, had a chance. So that crowd that was pro. Kentucky was just cheering for the upset much like the Iowa crowd was cheering for um, Auburn one a couple away but they're the underdog and you know just those underdogs start getting fans there just because they're there and they want to see the upset and they just love the madness of March Madness yeah like I mean like Doug Gottlieb said if anybody changes one thing about this they're crazy I mean it's the best tournament there is there you don't need to make one change um we we could do that home court thing but I don't I listen to you guys talk a little bit like Trevor said it's almost like a state tournament you just got teams shuffling in and out and you know like you said you get everybody jumping on the underdog wagon and and there's just nothing better I don't think you make one change to this tournament I think it's perfect no, I, I, I'm a hundred percent. I wouldn't change a thing. Um, the NCA gets a lot of grief and they don't do a lot of things right, but the number one thing they do, and the, probably the most important thing they do, they know how to run an, a tournament and they do a great job of it. Yeah. March, I mean, it's just multiple days of excitement. You know, we talked about it last episode too, how much uh, money is lost in workforces because everybody's on their phone or their computer watching the games at work and paying attention to their brackets and all, all those different challenges that people got going on. So now you guys are right. I don't think I'd probably change anything. I mean, having some of the top seats have a home game would be interesting, but I, I don't know if that'd be good overall for it or not. No, I mean, you, you think about, so I, I put T I had three TVs going a computer and two computers going. So for the four basketball games and the, the wrestling, so I had five screens going. I don't do that for anything else. I did it for Thursday. Then Friday, we were in Des Moines uh, for St. Patrick's Day and the NCAA tournament. Uh, Zach and, and another friend of ours, TJ, who's been on the, the podcast and everything. You don't do that for anything else. And like you said, 
you know, work productivity down, you know, obviously St. Patrick's Day helped on Friday with that. So a lot of people took it off anyway, but, you know, you just, you know, that's what time of year it is and you know, what's everything's going to happen. You got your brackets, you you make your bets now here that are legal in Iowa and you just go with it. And, and that's what the beauty of, of the NCAA tournament and March madness and Zach has it, said it perfectly. I mean, Jim Nance is living his best life. He calls basketball games for these three weeks. And then that fourth week, he goes down to Augusta, Georgia and calls the masters. This is it's for every, you know, sports fan or, or golf and basketball fan. Um, everybody is jealous and, and, uh, you know, FOMO of Jim Nance's life right now. Yeah, he's living his best life right now, that's for sure. All right, now let's uh let's do get to um our teams. And as we talked about, we had six teams in the tournament. Uh three women and three men. Iowa, Iowa State and Drake all had their men and women in the tournament. And after round 1, we had one team left, and now after two rounds, we have one team left. The Iowa women and, and let's go ahead and just talk about them and get them out of the way. Their bracket has opened up. They're going to go to Seattle this weekend and play Colorado, the sixth seed. The number one seed is gone. The number three seed is gone. And the number four seed is gone in their bracket. And they're there too. So they are a high favorite now to get to the final four, which would be great. And I think the final four matchup would be South Carolina if they get there. Um, Caitlin Clark, you know, should win player of the year. And just had a great um, two days. Carver Hawkeye watched the game on Sunday. Uh, Carver Hawkeye was was rocking and rolling. And that's another conversation we can have. Why does Carver Hawkeye rock and roll for women but not men? But uh, that is not our, a conversation for today, or at least for right now. Um, but Iowa women, only team left standing. So, I put it out on Facebook and everything, but but that uh, what's bugging Andy by Andy fails was pretty good. Um, just it just this weekend sucked for uh, the sports fan, basketball sports fans here in Iowa. Go ahead, Zach. Yeah, I mean, like he said, it's it's wide open for Iowa to get to the Final Four. I mean, they're they're definitely favored to get there. Um, I think they have some weaknesses though. They have no bench. I mean, I think they're. Had no, be- no, whole, no bench points. Half. Yeah. So if let's say Caitlin Clark gets in some major foul trouble, which she too thinks she's too good to get in foul trouble, but you know, I I think they can get there, but they're going to run into somebody that's going to give them a heck of a game, and uh, I I hope they get there. I mean, like you said, they they've had a heck of a season, and the fans do follow them. I mean, I I wouldn't be shocked to see a lot of Iowa fans out in Seattle following them too, because. There are some uh, rabid Iowa women basketball fans, to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's go ahead and let's talk about the Iowa men. They were the first team to lose uh, to Auburn. Um, not a good shooting night. Essentially, that's going to be a theme of all three men's games. None of the teams shot the ball very well. Um, you know, Iowa men just overall – Zach, you're a Hawkeye fan. Trevor, you're a Hawkeye fan. Zach, more of a, you know, basketball fan than Trevor. But uh, what'd you think of the season? What'd you think of the game? Just overall, in the big scheme of things. 
I thought the season, you know, after uh, losing Keegan Murray, I thought for the most part they had a pretty solid season, but it just ends so sour. Like it has basically happened, you know, every year in the Fran McCaffrey era. You just get to the tournament and we just lay an egg every single time. I mean, I thought I wasn't too concerned about losing in the Big Ten tournament because we could look at last year where we won the whole thing and then we come in and do the same thing. So maybe – try something different, but I don't know. I don't, I don't have the answers. Uh, I think Fran does an excellent job of developing talent. I mean, obviously when you're bringing, when you're turning the Murrays into all Americans, Luca Garza, but it's just not transitioning over to wins in the NCAA tournament and like it or not, that's basically what your seasons are going to be uh, graded on eventually is how, how you doing in the NCAA tournament. Do you think it has to do with, you know, we, we talked about it with Purdue. Iowa and he, and McCaffrey in general, they have not had dynamic guards. They're forwards, like an Aaron, go back quite a ways, go Aaron White, them, or even like centers with Luca Garza. They don't have the elite playmaker at guard. And, and is that a, a big issue, you think? It, it, it definitely could be. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think Tony Perkins is decent, but. You know, again, we got to shoot the ball better. I thought we looked, I don't know, almost scared to start the game. We weren't, didn't shoot the ball well. Then we finally started shooting it in the second half. But then Auburn obviously caught fire, and uh, we just spotted them too much. Um, I don't know. Something's got to change, and I don't have the answers. That's for sure. And then here, here's the other thing, and I know I think Bruce Pearl brought, brought this up uh, in the post game, and. He talked about just the athleticism and just how how much more athletic they were than Iowa, and and I think that comes back to the dynamic guard play, where you know Chris and Patrick and you know those guys they're not just going to get the ball and get to the paint and then draw a foul, get to the rim, or kick it out to a three point shot. They just don't have that player. Um, do you think it o- overall athleticism is a is an issue for them overall to make um, runs in the tournament? I mean, it, again, McCaffrey, you're going to win a lot of basketball games with McCaffrey. You're going to you know finish top half of the Big Ten. You're going to get to the NCAA tournament most years, but it's coming down now. He just has to win in the tournament, and until he does, he's going to take criticism. Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically like Tom Davis at the end there. Tom Davis won, got us the tournament, but it wasn't enough. And uh, I don't know. I'm not going to wish for him to be to make a change because I've seen the other side of all of this too where we don't win at all and you're in the lick lighter era. So, I mean, I think you've, they've got to look at a, a different approach and maybe try to find some more athletes and, and find some better guards and uh, because – Right now, what the what their recipe is just not cutting it in the NCAA tournament, and that's what it's all about right now. Trevor, any thoughts on that? No, I, I think Zach said it pretty much best. I, you know, I obviously picked Auburn to win just because I know I was history under Fan McCaffrey, but that's not because I'm an expert or anything. It's just I looked at recent history of of how they've done. So, uh, wasn't totally shocked. I was a little shocked to see Iowa State with two points at whatever the 10 minute mark in their game. Um, I, I, know I think it went all the way. <laughs> they didn't make a basket till eight forty five left. I think, I mean, they had some points uh, with free throws, but they didn't make a basket. Yeah. We can go ahead and get to Iowa state. 
Uh, and on that flip side, you know, Iowa State goes from two and twenty-two on a year, um, and then TJ Otzelberger comes in. They get to the Sweet Sixteen last year, pick to finish eighth in the Big uh, Twelve this year, um, get to the NCAA tournament again, six seed. You know, kind of stumbling into the tournament. Kind of Iowa State and Auburn were the two teams that that you know the last ten were three, four wins, or whatever it was, and. Iowa State just flat out could not make a basket. It actually was almost remnant. It was almost exactly like when they played in Iowa City. I think the score was almost the same, 22 to 2 or 20 to 2. And it didn't matter if they were wide open. It didn't matter if they were covered. They could not make a basket. And then Pitt took advantage of it. Now Iowa State came back. They got got it to within about three or four points. And then Halftime happened, and and then they went on another long stretch, um, in the to start the second half of not scoring and, and got down and ended up losing by, um, around twenty points, and so again another sour taste in in, the, in your mouth, but overall, as a Cyclone fan, finished you know picked to finish eighth, you know essentially an entire new team off of last year, sour taste, not happy, but good year but you always just wonder what if. Where were you guys watching this game at? Uh, Beer Can Alley in Des Moines, downtown Des Moines. Beer Can Alley. Yeah, yeah, I remember I, I sent you guys a text, so I figured you were watching. That was right That was right before I was heading down to the arena in Denver and just seeing the struggles that Iowa State had. It, was, it wasn't good. You, you, then you just kind of had the feeling that, you know, all of the men's teams were probably going to lose. Yeah, I mean, just – you know, continuing with Iowa State men, that's what they didn't. Last year they had Isaiah Brockington who could get a shot. Um, you know, whether he made it or not was irrelevant. I mean, he made it way more than he missed it, but there was a guy, you get him the ball, maybe set a ball screen, maybe not, but he will get you a shot. They did not have that this year, and that really came back to get them in this game, um, you know, they were able to kind of lock down Gabe Kalsher I think not having Caleb Grill, I think overall was probably good for the team the last few weeks. But in this game, they needed somebody to shoot, shoot the ball and just put it in the basket, and he's one of your best players to do that, and they didn't have him. And I think that really hurt. Um, and then they had four players on their team that missed every shot they took. That's never good. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I mean, they – defensively they're one of you know the one of the better teams in the country but you're just putting so much pressure on your defense when you go in those stretches obviously their stretches in that game and against Iowa are a little extreme but you can't even go you know three or four minutes without scoring if you're expecting to win because if you give up 65 70 you guys are in trouble so yeah um, they got to figure out a way to, to to score more I mean that's just the way it is and Iowa State does a good job of finding talent to to fill holes every year so I would imagine they'll find some – that's going to be a huge priority for them is to find some, you know, I would call it individual offense, but people that can get to the rack and, and some shooters. They, they've they got the top – one of the top ten – a top ten recruiting class coming in, Omaha Ballou. Uh, it's a great defensive player out of Waukee. He's not a super offensive guy. He's going to be a, uh, you know, pick and pop or offensive rebound guy. Uh, but this, this 6'8 guy out of – uh, Wisconsin, Pewaukee, or I don't know how you say it for sure. He's a top 30 player. 
and he averaged about 30 a game in high school. And he, I think he's 6'8 as well, more of a, a two-slash-three guy, handle the ball a little bit. I think he's going to be your guy that's expected to put the ball in the basket. Now, maybe a little bit different because, again, as we talked about, he's 18 years old, 19 years old, and then in the portal, they need to go get a shooter. They, And I think, you know, again, this is a team that they kind of had to put together. I think they thought they had A.J. Green on this team. And then all of a sudden, A.J. Green got a call from the NBA and said, we're going to take you. And and so he ended up not coming. But I think this team's a lot different if A.J. Green is on it. And I think up until the, the ninth hour, tenth hour there, they thought he was going to go there. And then he just got an assurance that he was going to get a two-way contract. And he's done really well. It's been a great – he's played a lot for the Milwaukee Bucks. You cannot blame him at all. But it is, you know – it's not an excuse, but it is a reason where maybe you're you're one shooter short when you thought you had him, then all of a sudden he doesn't come. Yeah, I mean that's one of the better talents to come through the state in a while, so that definitely would have uh, would have been huge for you, that's for sure. But I, I I'm pretty confident Iowa State knows how to go out and find you know the 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 pieces that they'll need, and defensively they got a system in place, so I would expect them to keep things going. Yeah, I, I you know. You expect them to get the NCAA tournament every every year? No, but you should get there way more than you're not. Just like Iowa, um, every once in a while you're gonna have a year that you're just it just doesn't work. But then you're expecting them to bounce back right away, and that that's the thing with basketball is, you know, everybody can transfer. You know, there's team there's players on three and four teams. Essentially, it's free agency, open market. Every player every year, go get your guys, make your team up, and let's go play ball, and we'll see how it ends up. Yeah, and I just saw, uh, not to change the subject too much, but it looks like it's two to three now in the baseball classic. I don't have it on the TV, but just looking at the scores. So, yeah, Schwarber hit a home run for the for USA. So there we go. Well, top of, going to the top of the ninth. Got got a chance. Absolutely. Um, let's kind of uh, keep it here with the Iowa State. Iowa State women uh, kind of get run out of the building a little bit uh, by Toledo, um, the 12 seed. That was a five twelve game. You know, kind of a sad ending to a, a storied career. Ashley Jones, one of the, you know, top two or three women's players of all time at Iowa State, probably probably the best one, uh, but no worse than third. Um, all-time leading scorer, again, asterisk. She got that fifth year. Um, got run out of the building, and then was really surprising to me is then Toledo goes that next game against Tennessee and got beat by, like, 50 so I don't know if they just had a great night. Iowa State just wasn't ready. Um, but again, sour taste in your mouth. Again, great year. Won the Big 12 tournament, but just couldn't do anything in the NCAA tournament. And an early exit again for the Cyclones. And just not good. It, it just it was a bad game for the Cyclone women. Yeah, I I thought they would I thought they could actually give Tennessee a run for their money, but they didn't even get there. And then, like you said, Tennessee just hammered Toledo. And this isn't your uh, Pat Summit Tennessee teams. This no. is an average Tennessee team at best. And uh, they got through there fairly easily. Yeah, I'd say they won by like 50. I mean, it was crazy. Um, but again, yeah, just kind of a, a sad ending uh, to Ashley Jones' career. Um, she's got a sister that, you know, transferred out this year, but then another sister is coming in next year. 
Um, played at West Liberty this year, not at uh, not in the city schools. Um, with where her sisters, the head coach there at West Liberty, so she went and played for uh, her sister there at West Liberty. But coming in, um, I don't know what kind of player she is. Do you know at all, Zach? She's extremely good in Iowa high school girls basketball. I don't. I mean, we'll we'll see how that transitions over. I mean, I think she's. I I can't imagine she's going to be as good as her sister. I mean, but I could definitely be wrong. Well, I mean, yeah, her sister scored over three thousand points and stuff. So, but uh, I mean, I think if she can put the ball in the basket, that's what uh, Iowa State uh, they always try to do. And if she can shoot, and uh, we'll we'll. Uh, We'll see how it is, and and those Jones uh, girls have done very well well at Iowa State. Yeah. All right. Um, that's gonna you know end the first half here. We will be right back after this break uh, to break down the Drake, and then you know kind of talk about our weekends, and then you know probably the, maybe even the most disappointing part of the whole weekend was Iowa wrestling and Iowa State wrestling, and no national championships. So we'll be back uh, right after this break here. If you want the new Morgan you asked for koozie delivered to your mailbox, please give us a five-star rating and review on your podcast player. Screenshot the picture of it and email it to me. The email address is Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. All right, welcome back here to the second half. Top of the ninth inning, Otani is in pitching for Japan. Um, it looks, I think Mike, Mike Trout will be third to bat here. Um, so I think we are going to get the dream scenario of teammates, uh, Tani and Trout. Probably you could argue the two best players in uh, Major League Baseball going against each other. And he's already thrown it about three times over 100 mile an hour. So um, hopefully you're watching this at home. I know when you listen to this, it's going to be done. But uh, hopefully if you're a baseball fan, you are watching this. Um, cont- continuing our, our basketball talk, now we get to Drake. Obviously we don't cover Drake as much here. But uh, Drake, I think this game was the most, if you're looking back, the Drake team has to be the most disappointed in themselves for not winning the game. They were up eight with a little over four minutes left and lost. Ended the game on a 16-1 to run for Miami. And then looking at what Miami did the next game, um, Drake's got to be like, that should be us. What do you think about that, Zach? Yeah, I thought, you know, Drake, well, one, like we talked, they got a they got a tough draw with Miami. I thought yeah. Miami was probably better than where they were seated. Yep. And they should have put that away, especially when we just talked earlier about how, you know, the age of that Drake team and they didn't handle the ball well. No, that went, uh, once they went to the press, it was over. But uh I think Drake was probably one of the top thirty two teams in this tournament. They just got a really tough draw and and unfortunately, they weren't able to get by Miami. Yeah, and then, you know, Tucker DeVries, their best player, only had three points, had a rough shooting night. Uh, but other guys stepped up. So, I mean, they had their chances. It wasn't like, you know, and they didn't shoot the ball well. And uh, and they just, Mookie Betts just grounded into a double play. So, two outs, one run game. I think Trout is up, and it's for all the marbles, and it's going to be Otani versus Trout. So hopefully you're watching this at home. You got anybody on base? What? 
There, you said there was a double play, so nobody on base. Yep, now. no, no one on base now. He walked the first guy, and then Mookie Betts ground into a double play. So, yep, Trout is uh, Trout against uh, Otani right here. Two outs, bot or top of the ninth. So last inning, USA's down one. So if he gets him out, I mean, obviously he doesn't have to, won't end or anything here necessarily if he gets a walk or a hit, but they could win the the baseball classic in this with getting Trout out. Um, you know, just continuing with Drake, I think the biggest question for them, they they lost all kinds of, of guys as well. Like you, you said, they're one of the most, um, you know, oldest teams in basketball. I think it's going to be interesting if DeVries comes back. He's an Iowa guy, um, you know, played at UNI, has business dealings here in Iowa. We have friends that work for him, and, and the brothers' markets are all around. And I'm sure Drake pays him fine. I'm sure, you know, he's getting, I would say, over $500,000. May, I mean, $750,000 private, so they don't have to say. Uh, doing that, living in Des Moines, you're doing fine. But will someone else come calling? And then obviously if he goes, his son goes. And that's the player of the year in, in the Missouri Valley. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, I, th I definitely think he's on a short list for, you know, I don't know. I mean, as no, would Notre Dame look at him? Teams like that. I mean, and how in the world could you tell Notre Dame no if you're at Drake? I just don't right. see that being an option. I mean – You'd be crazy to stay at Notre Dame or at Drake if Notre Dame offered you the job, oh, in my I, opinion. But I agree. I don't know, and I think there could be a few other schools. I mean, look at the Providence job. I mean, I don't know what his connections are out well, east. Probably not a whole lot. I'd be a no, but that a, how, that would be just a kick to the nutsack to Drake because that'd be two in a row. They had their great uh, year with Keno Davis, and he goes to Providence. Of course, you know that'd just be a double kick right to the nuts. But, you know, if you get him, you're going to get probably a top 25 player in the country that's going to follow him. So, um, again, I, I, I would expect him to be at Drake next year, but um, no. I I wouldn't be shocked either. No, and then, you know, okay, so he doesn't get the Notre Dame job, but who does get the Notre Dame job? And then, you know, just the coaching carousel, um, you, you know, a job that he could get might not even be open right now. We don't even know. Um, yeah, and and we've talked. I mean, we've thrown the Fran McCaffrey name yep. out there. He has Notre Dame connections. I mean, I don't. Again, I don't know if he would. That would be a tough one. I don't know what job's better, Notre Dame or Iowa. I'd probably lean towards Notre Dame a little bit, but I don't know how much Fran loves Iowa City. He's got a son that's in high school there, but he'd have to be an option. I mean, he definitely can win everywhere he goes, and he can turn programs around. And it's not like Notre Dame's kind of struggled here the last two or three years, so. I don't know. That's an interesting job to keep an eye on. Yeah, Otani just struck out Trout. Game over. So he threw it. I watched one of them. He threw it 102 mile an hour. That's on. Wow. <laughs> That's moving. Yeah, especially for a guy that then he can turn around and hit it. You know, they showed it. Um, his uh, batting practice. He did it off the back wall of the stadium. There in Miami. Didn't he? Didn't he just pitch last night or the night before when they won too? Wasn't he the starting pitcher? He could have been. I, I, he was not available for very much. He was just relief today. Yeah, he, I think he, he just started. I don't know if that was last night or the night before, but he was the starter for that for Japan. Yeah. So I mean, he's unbelievable. And you know, I went and we talked about this on. The, I went. We went and watched him. Tyler and I. It's Tyler's favorite player, and we went and watched him in Kansas City last year. And he's he's a a special special, 
you know, I didn't realize how big he is. I mean, he's like six, four, I'd say 225 pounds. He's put together now. Yeah. He's a rare, I mean, we haven't seen the likes of that since Babe Ruth. No. <laughs> and, and he's probably going to get beyond the market in the summer. And then obviously free agent this coming year. So and he's going to get, I don't know how you don't pay him the most ever. He's a future oh, yeah. Yankee then. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, Met. <laughs> he could, he could, he could sign a billion dollar contract. To be honest with you, just with his worldwide uh, yeah. attention that he's going to draw. Yeah, I mean it. It's unbelievable. He can just name his price. So, but just continue with Drake there. Just trying to end uh, in that. Uh, but yeah, just kind of a. I think that's the game that they just have to look back and. You know, Iowa State, hey, we didn't have a chance. We shot it like crap. Iowa, same way. It was a coin flip. Eight, eight, nine games are coin flips. You know, they didn't play super well, so they're, they're, they're going to lose. Uh, but Drake was up. They were the 5-12. They weren't, you know. And then, you know, moving on to the Drake women, they were also 5-12, and they were up. No, they, they were 4-13, I think. Um, they were up for most a lot of the game. And then just couldn't hold on there at the end. And I think they lost in a two-point game to Louisville. And so, so again, Drake gave the maybe the best two games of the tournament, uh, besides the Iowa women, obviously, moving on. But, um, yeah, so kind of a bad weekend overall for Iowa teams in basketball. Overall thoughts on, you know, just Iowa in general um, for, for the season and for the tournament, uh, Trevor. I mean, for the season, like we've talked about before, I was always entertained to watch under Fran McCaffrey. And he's a entertainer in himself. I mean, he's a character. So you're going to get that through the regular season. Like Zach said, we saw what the look lighter years were like. Things could be a lot worse with Iowa basketball right now. But just another disappointing end to me. It was probably the least surprising thing of the entire week or weekend was Iowa men's basketball losing. Uh Obviously, it sucks that they lost, but not surprising, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It just, it just sucks. I mean, there, there's no other way for it. I'm gonna, you know, quote Andy Fails. It just sucks. This weekend sucked. Um, the weather was bad. <laughs> I mean, that was another thing. You know, we were downtown, freezing, trying to walk around. They had all kinds of things set up, and it just didn't work the way everybody wanted. But, um. But everything I did here, we did not go to the games, but everything I heard, the games went great. And Des Moines was a great host, and it was busy downtown. Uh, everywhere we went had lots and lots of people, both Friday and Saturday. And it, it was a great time uh, there in our, our capital city in downtown. Yeah, Des Moines, you know, obviously they're going to stay on the rotation because. Yeah, they're going to they get it both... every, yeah, every time they get a chance, they're going to have it. They can only they have sell that place out. Um, let's kind of move on to to maybe our, our last and, and biggest topic here. I'm going to start with Iowa State. Uh, finished in 11th place, not as as well as they would have liked. Um, I was talking to my dad about this on Sunday, and he follows wrestling way better more than I do. He goes to Iowa State wrestling meets and stuff. I go, Iowa State's a really good dual team but they're not a great tournament team. They don't have the wrestlers. They get the bonus points and you know, they just, they don't have the top five wrestlers. I think they only had two or three seeds were in the top five and they just don't seem to get 
the most out of them in tournaments. And this was just another one, you know, just, you know, our, our big 12 champ at 149. He's a freshman. Uh, he almost got beat the first round and did get beat in the second. Didn't even get, uh, didn't place, you know, our, our champ from two years ago, last year he didn't, he got third, he got second after beating the guy that got, that he had beat two times in a row at the big 12 champs and in a duel, he got beat, um, you know, our heavyweight that, that could have been up on the podium and all American didn't get there. Just, you know, nobody exceeded expectations. I guess that's what I'm saying. Um, and that's what you have to do in tournament wrestling and they just weren't able to do it. So just, I would say overall, just a very disappointing, um, conclusion to the Iowa state wrestling season. And hopefully I think they have some wrestlers that they're red shirt and everything that they're excited about. And we'll see. Um, and I know neither one of you guys are huge wrestling guys, but then, you know, really the story of the weekend in Iowa and maybe even in, in college sports in general was Spencer Lee getting beat in the semifinals and not only just getting beat, he got pinned and, and just how devastating it was for Iowa and then just for him and then the wrestling community in general. Um, Trevor, what do you think about any of your thoughts on wrestling or anything else like that? And then after, after you, then Zach, go ahead. I know you follow wrestling, uh, probably more than, than Trevor and I do. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was just, uh, the reaction of the Fosters and, and our friend Owen Bohr when Spencer Lee lost, I know Owen sent a text like, he's like, I don't think I'll ever get over this. And you could just tell those guys were, uh, legitimately like heartbroken and sad about it. Uh, with everything that was at stake. So you, you hate to see that. Spitzer Lee seems like a, a great guy. As you said, I think last episode, he's one of the Mount Rushmore Iowa Hawkeyes probably out there. So it uh, just a, a tough way to go out when you have a chance at, at everything that that he almost had. Yeah, and just and we talked about this this weekend, Zach, but Iowa does not have any four-timers. Is that correct? No, they do not. And there's only five of them. And, you know, I do want to say this. There was a four-timer. It was kind of overshadowed, but there was a four-timer that was successful at at the championships this year from Cornell. Yanni, I can't say his last name, uh, but he he was a four-timer. And so so great job to him uh, for accomplishing that feat. Again, I think there's only five or six total. Yeah, it's, it's obviously extremely hard to do. And, you know, it, Spencer Lee, you know, I think everybody thought it was a surefire thing. It's just how dominant he was in every match. I mean, he he had some losses in his career, but he just dominated in every aspect. And, uh, I mean, I would put that up there with just comparing the whole weekend to Farley Dickinson beating Purdue. I would almost say this was a bigger upset than Farley Dickinson beating Purdue with Spencer Lee not winning it. And, you know, he wins that. He's unarguably the greatest he might still be the greatest Hawkeye wrestler ever, but that would have sealed the deal and put him up there with, you know, anybody in the history of wrestling. And it was just like Trevor said, everybody was just in a state of shock and disbelief over that. Yeah. I mean, there was the pictures of his mom uh, breaking her glasses and stuff. And, and some people kind of criticize. I'm like, how do you, she has put parents put just as much, 
time and effort and allowing their kid to do everything and give them the resources and sacrifice themselves. Zach, you and I were just talking about it before we were recording. You have basketball or baseball every weekend from now until July 4th. I mean, I do too. My son's playing soccer and baseball and would like to do a little bit of basketball. And, and we physically cannot do it all. And and we're doing our best. And you think about all the time and money and just blood, sweat, and tears that, that she's put in to support Spencer and to give him every chance to have that success. And she was an Olympian herself. And, and so you know that that drive comes from her and, and everything. And it's just, uh, it's just heartbreaking to see. And then the controversy comes out that he doesn't wrestle for third. And so he ends up getting sixth. Am I correct in that Zach with, with the, you know, the forfeiting out of all the remaining matches. Did he fall all the way to sixth? I'm not sure on that, to be honest. If he could get fourth or sixth, I don't know I, for sure. I believe he got six. Yeah, because I six, think, okay. yeah, just the way the wrestlebacks keep going. And since, um, yeah, so I think he did get six. Now, one thing I, I was, I did like is he did go to the podium and he got a sixth place trophy and he stood there and did that. There were people that were wondering if he'd even do that. Um, I want to talk about, you know, the wrestling or the not wrestling. I'm going to give my opinion and then I want you guys to give yours. I, I do see both sides. I'm going to, I'm going to straddle the fence here a little bit. I do see both sides of it. His dream. And the only reason he came back to wrestle was to win the four time he's hurt. Um, he didn't wrestle very much this year. He didn't wrestle in the Olympics last summer when he, would have been the favorite at his weight class. And he was just going on it for four time. And he did was not successful in that. And so I think just as much physically he was hurt, emotionally and mentally he was hurt and crushed. And so I don't know if mentally and emotionally he was able to wrestle. Now, I do not know Spencer Lee. He might have been, and it might literally be he's hurt. And I don't know if he got hurt in that match or a match earlier this year or earlier this tournament. So if he is actually physically hurt, then it's irrelevant. Then, then, and he was just gutting it out, doing the best he can, hoping to win it. But if it's just emotionally or mentally, I get that too. He spent his whole life trying to be a four-timer and he wasn't able to do it. And he physically, emotionally could not get there. So that's the reasons for to sit out. Now, the reasons to against it. Yes, they weren't going to win the national title for a team. But there was still a, a race for second place. Now, they did get second place. But there were still team points to be had. And then he's a leader of that team. And I understand wrestling is an individual sport, but there is still a team aspect. And, you know, if he would have went out there and wrestled for third and won, he would have shown, I didn't have to do this. I didn't have to do the, any of this, but I'm doing it because that's how I am. And you hate to say it, but he used that that phrase, and what made him famous was that excuses are for wusses. Well, is he standing up to that now? I don't know. But if he would have came out and wrestled 
he would have got the respect out of so many more people. And I heard some people talking about this on another podcast, but guys like Drake Ayala and the guys under him and younger than him, hey, he's hurt, he's emotionally distraught, he's emotionally wrecked, but he still went out there and he wrestled. What do I have to complain about? What you know? That's how. That's the Iowa way. That's what we do at Iowa. That's how Spencer Lee holds himself. I want to be like Spencer Lee. That's why he should have wrestled for his teammates and for the example to younger wrestlers. Trevor, your thoughts? Well, I get both sides of it. You you make good points on on both of them. Uh, from everything that I heard all year, he most people thought he was hurt throughout the yeah. year. Or, or had been, and then when you lose a match like that, just trying to get in the get in the mind of a Spencer Lee, does he maybe think, all right, you know, well, I shouldn't say this. This is probably a bad way to look at it. He wouldn't think let somebody else go on to try to have a chance since I failed. But yeah, I, I don't know. You you make up some good points though, because again, Iowa wrestling is about toughness. Again, no excuses. Everything that you just said, and for him not to go back out there, I can't really criticize too much because I've never been at that level of, of athlete, but you would have liked to have seen him go out there and try to get third. I mean, there's no doubt. Now, here's another thing. He goes out there and wrestles for third and gets beat again. What does that do to his legacy? Was he just trying to preserve his legacy a little bit? I'll, I'll turn over to Zach at this point, because like I said, wrestling is is limited for me, but as you said, Zach probably pays a little bit more attention to this than, than I do. Yeah, I don't. Like, I, I don't know enough either. I think he was hurt, you know. He was gutting it out the whole yep. season. And I think he had – I mean, ultimately, I think he wants to be an Olympic champion. So, him going out there to wrestle and to get third through six is irrelevant. I think this is going to be the motivation. You look at what happened with Dan Gable. Yep. He goes unscored upon in the Olympics. I think you're going to see something like this in the next three or four years where he's just going to, I think he's going to take some time to get hundred percent healthy. And I think you're going to see him in the Olympics, uh, put on a Dan Gable-esh uh, type Olympics. Yeah. I, I'm with you on that, Zach. I think he's going to use this as essentially just like Dan Gable. And, and you know, Dan Gable is going to go talk to him about this. And he may oh. want to talk to Gan Dan Gable. Use this as your motivation. Now, it wasn't in the finals, but essentially the same thing almost happened. And, yeah, I mean, I just, when the Olympics come around, I think it's in 2024, so two years or one year, um, it's going to be uh, something special, I think, out of uh, Spencer Lee, as long as he is healthy. Yeah, I think it's. Like you said, I think Kim and Gable will definitely talk. I think it's we haven't seen anything like this probably since that. And he's got to get 100% healthy. I mean, otherwise, he's not going to be able to go. I mean, I don't know about enough about the wrestling world, but I know there's some amazing wrestlers from, like, Iran and Russia and those places. And uh, he's got to get himself 100% healthy first. And then I have no doubt mentally he'll be ready to go and it, and he'll be an Olympic champion. Yeah, and that's where, you know, I, I expect him to hang out with the Hawkeye Wrestling Club and, and still be a part of the Iowa wrestling uh, for whatever it is and then use the training facilities and whatever it has to do uh, over the next uh, few years. And, you know, if he's got to have another surgery, whatever it is to get him healthy, 
do whatever you need to do right now because you got essentially two years to uh, or one year to uh, get healthy and wrestle because you already missed one Olympics that he that he probably should have wrestled at, and he doesn't want to miss another. Yep. All right, Trevor. Anything else you want to talk about? Discuss um, any NFL stuff uh, that we we should at least touch on. Uh, the NFL, not for the most part. I mean, all the free agent signings that have come out, those have come out over the last couple of weeks or a week or whatever it's been. So that would just kind of be repeating some news that everybody knows about with their favorite team. We'll see what happens with Rodgers and the Packers and the Jets. I think they're going to get something done. I think the Packers would want it done before the draft starts. The Jets have a little bit more time to wait. Obviously, they probably don't want to give up their first-round pick this year. Uh, Lamar Jackson – Supposedly now has somebody else in his camp, whatever you want to call it, his team that's reaching out to other teams to talk about different contracts. Again, that's a problem when you don't have an agent and you and your mom are your agent. These are some of the roadblocks that are coming up. But as far as NFL, uh, there, there's going to be some probably some trades on draft day and probably some more before. But we can save that for the couple of draft previews that we're going to do. Yep. What, what date is the draft? Uh, Trev, do you know? It's the last weekend of April, whatever that is. Okay. Yep. So, okay. So it's really not that far away, about about a month away. Yeah. As Zach said, we got, uh, we'll finish out March Madness here, get straight into the Masters, then have like a week or two between the draft and then strap time. Yep. It never ends. And, you know, Iowa State had their, their pro day today. I think uh, spring practice starts tomorrow at Iowa. I mean, it just never ends. Uh, Zach, anything uh, you want to discuss or hit on uh, that we haven't talked about uh, that you want to talk about tonight? No, like I said, I mean, I'm excited here for the Sweet 16, and, you know, this is going to be another fun weekend. Uh, you know, just one thing I thought we probably should throw out, because I know how you talked about Farley Dickinson kind of being your leadoff thing. Yep. Um, they didn't even win their conference tournament. That's what's amazing. Right. <laughs> they got in here because Merrimack wasn't allowed to play because they went up from division two to division one and had to sit out. So just think if Merrimack's there, this coach from Iowa, we don't even know who he is and he's definitely not going to Iona. So he probably should send Merrimack a thank you card. Yeah. And a care package and probably a a vegetable or one of those fruit bouquets or whatever. And I, and that, that is a really good point. And, and I think that might have something to do with him leaving right away is he might know that he doesn't have, you know, maybe as good a team as we thought he did. He was able to win one game and he was darn close to winning a second. And, uh, you know, he, he had to, to strike while the iron's hot and you can't blame any of those players. And that's what my, that's why the NIL works and the transfer portal works is the coaches can come and go. And now the players can, and you know, that, that is the good part about the transfer portal. There are a lot of bad parts, I think, but that is the one good part where coaches can go. Now players can go as well. For sure. Um, you know, my last things are really just, you know, college basketball, it just goes to show you that college basketball can dominate the sports world for this month and how important I think basketball is. Um, I know we've all had these discussions, football, basketball, and I understand football pays the bills for, 
for everything, and that's where all the TV money and everything's going. But basketball still matters. Basketball is still super important. And these weeks show that, you know, when, you know, the conferences and the TV, they all talk about how basketball doesn't matter. It does matter. Um, you know, revenue-wise, maybe not as much, but it does matter. And, you know, it's – I don't know how to say it exactly, but just – it's not just football. You know, basketball uh, is super important to athletic departments. And teams like FDU and Princeton, their their school is going to be better because of this. They're going to get more people to go to school there. They're going to get more people interested in their college because of basketball and this NCAA tournament. And they don't get that setting in football. Now, some of it is their choice. They they choose not to field uh, the top teams because of the money it takes. But basketball does help these schools and help all these. And I do understand it takes a lot less money to fund a Division One basketball program than it does, you know, a, you know, Division One football team. Uh, they showed a picture of FDU's gym. I mean, it's not as nice as Waukee's. It's not as nice as probably Oskaloosa's. And it probably seats less people. Indian Hills is is probably better. Um, that's what's crazy about that. Their, their, uh, did you see the picture of their, like, athletic media guy? The, yeah, he, the head of media? He's in college. He's not even he's graduated He's a junior yet. in college. Yeah, they, yeah. Said, they said when he graduates, he's going to be able to name his job. Or, or at least go name his where he wants to go, you know, obviously, you know, he's not going to go be a head SID guy or whatever he wants to do, but you know, one of those bigger schools will eat him up um, and, and help him out um, as for sure or whatever. So he, his, uh, this, this run, and that's what people forget too. This run helped him. This, this helped the coach get more money. The assistant coaches are going to go with him. Someone else is going to get that FDU job that wants that job. I mean, all this goes into play. They're going to get more people to be interested in their college. Um, people are going to donate a little bit more money to the athletic program and the college. Um, it all helps. Yeah, but yep. you, said, you said it best with basketball. Obviously, football dominates, but just looking at Keith Murphy's post earlier today, talking about the Iowa women versus Georgia, had almost 1.5 million viewers. Uh, that's, you know, those are good numbers for Hawkeye and Cyclone football games. So looks yeah. like viewership of the women's tournaments up 27%. So basketball is, uh, at least on the women's side, it's growing from viewership yeah. numbers. And, and, you know, and a little bit of that, that Iowa game was on ABC, which is a great spot. And that's a great situation. So again, if you put these games, you know, you can say what you want, you know, Iowa state when they're on ESPN plus isn't going to have as many people as you know the texas versus oklahoma game that's on abc or the you know it's just physically not going to happen you know not as many people have cable as you know as abc cbs you know i'd like to see the the ncaa tournament games that were on cbs versus the ones that were on true tv what their difference is in people that would be an interesting stat um I would guess it's a lot more on the CBS games, no matter what the teams were, just because more people have access to it. Yeah, if you get more on one of those main networks, you're right. There's going to be more viewership. And um, 
Like I said, just, just looking at the headline, I haven't read the article yep. yet, but it looks like the first round is up 27%, yep. whatever that means exactly, but it shows you that basketball still matters. Yep, it does matter, and and hopefully it continues to be thought of in the situations um, instead of just thrown aside uh, for football only. All right, I think that's uh, about ready to do it for us tonight. Um, last thing I do want to talk about, best stamp pick of the week. Um, I do have it. Um, you know, again, we've talked about this one's a little bit easier because we do have the basketball games on Thursday and we we do have the spreads. Uh, but again, bet stamp pick of the week is our new segment here on the podcast. Um, that are new thank you to our new sponsor, Bet Stamp. Download the Bet Stamp app and use the referral code MorganU4. When inside the app, use it to find the best odds for each game using all the sports books you have. The app also allows you to enter your bets and track your results. If you'd like to follow me, I'll be entering my pick of the week and other bets on the app, so follow CAP3462 to track your bets. And, Zach, I know you use that um, app to help get uh, which site you want to bet on, and and you're just uh, kind of a testimonial for it. Um, how do you like that app, Zach? Yeah, I love it. I mean, you can go on there, you know – if you if you're into money lines, you can you know if you're making a hundred dollar bet, there's times you can get an extra twenty bucks just by going to the right you know going to the right book. So it's definitely worth uh, downloading. I mean, it's real simple, and you can uh, check out every you know every book in Iowa if you want, and uh, go find that money line that you know pays the extra fifteen or twenty bucks. All right, and my pick of the week, and, and you guys are gonna just hammer me for this one. Uh, but it is going to be Kansas State uh, plus two. It's on Circus Sports, gives us this odd, plus two, minus 108 over Michigan State. Um, I do think that's going to be a great game. Tom Izzo, um, what can you say about him? We, we probably should have talked about him and the overall uh, thing on, and how good he is in the NCAA tournament. doesn't matter what seed he is. doesn't matter. He wins in March, kind of the ac- absolute opposite of Fran McCaffrey. Um he just wins. It doesn't matter. You know, he's been the one seed. He's been the eight seed. He's been a 10 seed. I think this year he's a seven seed and, and he just wins. Yeah, that should be a heck of a game. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Kansas state won, but I also wouldn't be shocked if Michigan state ended up in the final four either. So I mean, yeah. that's, that game's a, I mean, a flip them, but I, I could see Michigan state easily being in the final four. Yeah. If they, they win that game, I, I, hundred percent agree. Um, they, they definitely could get there. So again, my pick is Kansas state plus two minus one Oh eight. And that's, that's why that, uh, that's, that is picked as, as the best odds is it's minus one Oh eight instead of minus minus one ten. Um, so they're just giving you a little bit better money, a little bit extra money for you there on, on that bet. All right. Anything else, fellas? Real quick, uh, who do each of each of you have one in it? Maybe a favorite, and then one of the long shots. Real, real quick, if you don't mind. All right, Zach, go ahead. Uh, I don't know what you consider Miami. I mean, I would throw them in the long shot department. I think if they can get by Houston, I think they could win the whole thing. Um, I'd say probably the favorite is probably Alabama. Yeah, I'm with you. The favorite is Alabama, and they've looked really good. Um. I, I like Alabama a lot, uh, but I'm going to go Connecticut as, you know, maybe the sleeper. Uh, they're a four seed, and as we talked about, 
I don't know how much a sleeper they were. They've been talked about a lot this year, went through a tough stretch, and they're one of the top two, three picks to win it all. But they are a four seed, so you know they're not a one, two, or three. Um, so maybe a little bit of a sleeper, kind of like Zach talking with Miami. Are they a sleeper? I don't know, but you know they're not one of the top uh, five, ten teams in the country. And I'll just take Princeton for the hell of it at one twenty-five. <laughs> that's, that's worth two bucks, in my opinion. They, they could get by Creighton, that's for sure. I I, mean, I agree. I mean, it, you know, if you're Creighton, you got to be looking. That's a great matchup. But yet, if you're Princeton, it's like, well, that's a six seed. It's not like it's the, you know, it's not the three, and we've already beat the two. You know, so I mean, both man, of those teams got to kind of be licking their chops. Should be a fun weekend. Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining me tonight, fellas, and we will talk later. And Trev and I will be back uh, next week. We may, Zach, we may just bring you back with uh, basketball, uh, you know, continuing. Sounds good. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll talk later. Have a good one. Dance to anything with a good back.